Hello and welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the show where we watch, discuss, and review every horror movie on Netflix. I'm Steven. As always, I'm here with one of my faithful co-hosts, Chris. Hello again. Patrick is taking the night off, but we are joined by a very special returning guest that we haven't heard from in quite some time, Allison with an I. Welcome. Thank you, friends. It's so nice to be back. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. What do you remember? What episodes we had you on in the past? It was pre-COVID. I'm sure yeah. of that because you I guys know- transitioned to to doing all this remote. Did you watch Corbin Nash with us? Yep, <laughs> all right. I sure did. Did you watch? You watched Boys in the Trees with us? Yeah, yeah, I think those are the only two I did. Really? I thought there was I feel more. Like, I feel like we did at least one episode with you where we talked about real estate, which is a pretty common theme on the show. But uh, we definitely did. Not. Yeah. We yeah, did. so yeah. we're we're back at it this week. We're here with you to review the 2018 <laughs> Netflix original film, The Open House. Uh, before we get into it, though, I know that you know we like to do a little catch up. I know that at least the three of us have shared an experience over the past couple of weeks. Um, but Allison, I'll I'll give you the spotlight. Anything in addition to Skinamarink that you want to clue us into? Anything horror related you've been watching lately that you'd like? You to know recommend? what? I have been rewatching some of my favorite horror movies. Mm. So really nothing groundbreaking and new, but I've like circled back. So my daughter was here for Christmas break and we watched all the Jordan Peele movies, all of them. Mm. So including Candyman. Um, what a great movie, by the way. Really? I feel I, like we I mean, do I a whole episode it. on that. I love did the three? Did the four of us go and see that in the theater together? I feel like we did. No, we didn't. Not, not Candyman. We saw Pet Cemetery, didn't we? We saw Pet Cemetery. Okay, yeah. I saw I saw Candyman um, the weekend that, that it opened in the theater, and I love that movie, and I stand by that. I absolutely love it. I, I just feel like, how did we deserve to be the, alive at the same time as Jordan Peele? Like he just is one of my favorite favorite people that I get to share this lifetime with. Born too late to explore the globe, born too soon to explore the stars, born just in time to explore the Jordan Peele filmography. All right. and, oh, that's great. And the Kyle Edward Bell filmography. We'll get to um, that. I want to ask you quickly, though, since you we're talking Jordan Peele, I don't think you and I have had a single word between each other about Nope. How, how do you stand on Nope? I love it. I absolutely loved it. I love his alien. I think it's so beautiful. The acting was incredible. I loved every single thing about it. I've seen it like five or six times. I have too, actually. I wouldn't say I love it, but I find it utterly fascinating. And that alien design is just next level. Yeah. So creative. I thought that movie was a masterpiece. Um, so my, my daughter's a big horror movie fan too. So she's going to, she's going to have to be, you know, the next up and coming. Maybe she's the next generation of Iman hosts. Um, but we watched a movie that was so fucking jacked up. It was called dash cam. Have you guys seen this? Uh, it's a, it's a, it's on shutter. Is it shutter? Steven? I don't know. I, I, I've only heard of it. I haven't seen it, so I can't speak to its availability. It was so crazy. And like bloody and outlandish and kind of scary, but like in a really um, like murdery kind of way, real slashery. And, you know, I don't get as scared of things like aliens and ghosts because like we haven't unfortunately really proven that those are a thing yet. But mm-hmm. it's like crazy people is what keeps me up at night. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like people mm-hmm. that are just going on murder sprees or like intruders or whatever. Um, and this movie was very much about crazy people. So... That one was, I don't know, stirring, but I wouldn't say it was good. Okay. I feel like I could just reason with them. If I if I run into a maniac, <laughs> a home invader, the strangers, like if you Ugh. scream, they're gonna kill you for sure. But if you if you act nonplussed and you say, "Hey man, how you doing? Can I get you anything?" <laughs> hey, you don't, you don't want you don't want to do this. <laughs> you know, there's a really funny story that I read a long time ago about a woman who had a home intruder. And she just like was really nice to him and offered to make him pancakes. 
And then she just won him over. And then he was like, I'm sorry. Thank you for feeding me. I'm going to go. And I'm like, you know, I think I could do that. Sometimes That's what we call restorative justice. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes psychos are just hungry. That's mm-hmm. true. I, I know I turn into a psycho. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, so that's been the latest. Nothing nothing big and new, but um, this this show gave me an opportunity to see two movies that I hadn't seen. And um, <laughs> You're maybe... welcome, question mark. <laughs> we'll get we'll into see. it. <laughs> yeah, Chris. I wish you were joining us under better circumstances. Yeah, me too. Hey, Chris, do you have anything aside from Skinamarink, which I, I would like all three of us to talk about for a little bit? No, I, I haven't watched anything uh, horror related. I've been watching like actual movies and I forgot how much I like films with a capital F. <laughs> um, I, I watched The Card Counter and Portrait of a Lady on Fire and Elvis and, you know, and, and in Tar. And I, you watch an actual movie and you're like, damn, this is so much better than every horror movie on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not to say that, you know, some horror films can't be quote-unquote actual movies, but it's often not our luck here on this show. Yeah. yeah. How many movies do you guys have left? Do you, I mean, it's never-ending, but... It doesn't end. It. it doesn't end. Well, yeah. it ends when Netflix ends, and, you know, that could, that could be within the next calendar year, the way things are going. Yeah, I think, yeah. They, I think they walked that back, though. I heard they walked that back. It doesn't matter. The, the goodwill's been shot. Yeah. <laughs> we remember. Yeah, we won't forget. <laughs> well, so as 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 I've said a couple of times now, all three of us have watched the viral sensation that is Skinamarink. I don't know if we even need to really set it up for you. I think everybody's heard of this. I, people that I that I work with who don't watch horror movies have been asking me about this because it's just been so in the mainstream news in a surprising way. Um, it made a major return on its investment. It is now on Shutter. This is a movie about two young kids who are kind of trapped at home. Their dad has disappeared, and the house starts shifting around them. And I don't know if there's any further uh, description left within my brain of what I what I saw. Honestly, that's that's your movie. What did you guys think of it? What did you think of it, Allison? Special guest. Ugh. Oh no! Every time there was a new scene, I was like, "Fuck, just end it." listen i love that it's trying to be a film with a capital f and i feel like everyone is so creative and everyone's so arty come on like i just couldn't get there it was like i love that it had a fifteen thousand dollar budget i loved that it left a lot to the imagination but um, it just didn't do it for me at all. I think it was it was very much about like sound design, right? It was like what you hear and what you apply meaning to versus like what you see because there was never any sort of like direct conflict happening. It was unclear if the Lego pieces were moving themselves until really late in the movie. Um, we didn't see it. We saw two faces the whole movie, which was I think that was a kind of a cool choice. It just I don't know. It was like an hour too long for me. (laughs) I'm with you there. I mean, I watched one of this guy's short films. Uh, It was about 30 minutes. It was called Heck. And I could barely even make it through that. I do admire the aesthetic. And like it did touch upon some of my darker memories and leanings at times throughout. But my God, um, it was a slog at an hour and 40 minutes, an Mm. hour and 10 minutes longer than this short film. Uh, that 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 was more nightmarish to me than anything that actually happened within the film itself. You know, it did give me some confidence that if I wanted to make a film, I could. And if I marketed it the right way, mm-hmm. people would think it was good. <laughs> and it's not hard to put a bunch of, you know, grain and VHS filters over your images, especially when you're not shooting any action directly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was my take. So I had kind of an interesting experience. Uh, We saw the trailer for Skinamarink in the theater in front of Megan, and the trailer scared the fuck out of me. Uh, And I was like, I don't know if I want to watch that movie. And then, like, I read some reactions to it, and a lot of people were like, this movie's so scary. I psyched myself out. I was afraid to watch this movie for weeks i was dreading watching this movie and i was like i would like walk around my house at night and i would get 
like legitimately scared thinking about things that might be in Skimmering. <laughs> just from watching the trailer. Just from watching the trailer, and they like, should have just left it there. <laughs> they should have, and like my imagination was running wild with like, what? How is this movie going to make me feel? What's in this movie? What's the secret? Oh my god! Um, and I'm always going to treasure that experience I had for a couple weeks mm. with this movie. And of course, the movie can't live up to it. You know, but it is a movie where, like, I think you get out of it what you put into it. Like, it really just leaves it up to your imagination to decide how scared you want to get. And that (laughs) works for some people. It doesn't work for other people. I found myself agreeing with every bad review I've read of that movie and also every good review I've read of that movie. (laughs) So I, I I don't know. I'm really split down the middle. I think I like it more than I didn't just because of how unique it was and kind of the strange experiment it was, but I can't really see myself going back to it or maybe I'll go back to it once, but. You know, I certainly would encourage horror people to check it out, but just, you know, you really have to make you really the the journey is in your mind. Mm -hmm. So go into it with the right, uh, you know, approach. Yeah, you, you, the audience member, have to do all the work. And that even includes set and setting as well you know making sure that you're you're in the right space like i i would recommend as many others before me have like watch it on your laptop or on a big tv alone late 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 at night when you're in that liminal space where you're kind of half awake and a movie can persuade you that it's a waking dream and i think at times there were moments i would say every 15 or so minutes throughout this movie something genuinely unsettling was said or did happen and it kind of pulled me back into the experience um it's a mixed bag and i'm someone who loves experimental film like everything from kenneth anger to maya darren um i like getting in that mindset and having to let my brain kind of fill in the gaps and work over time the great thing about those filmmakers works though is that they're generally under 20 minutes yeah I think the length, though, I don't have as much of a problem with the length as a lot of people do. Mm. I think it could have been 90 minutes, not 100, but I'm not sure I would want it to be 20 minutes. I don't think it would be the same. I was just really bored. It was a really boring movie for me. Yeah. I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. I think (laughs) I I realized watching that movie, I, I need some action. You know, like the in proper horror movie fan wisdom here. The, the one scene where there was like blood on the ceiling, I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and then it disappeared, and I was like, oh. Did you watch it alone? I did not watch it alone. Okay. But I watched it in the dark, uh-huh. and I had a really open mind. And you know, I might be, I'm definitely the only one of the three of us who hadn't heard of this movie before. So Stephen texted me and asked me to watch it if I could, and I didn't get around to watching it until last night. I had read nothing about it. I read the description and then I just turned it on. So I, I was, I feel like I was really open-minded, yeah. um, but it just, I was very, very bored. I think I need a little more action. Mm. That's okay. <laughs> That's fine. You know what you like. Yeah. Well, speaking of open minds, shall we move on to this week's movie, The Open House? I guess. I guess we have to. It, <laughs> it's our must. assignment. We did the homework. <laughs> you know, we might as well get credit for it. So Stephen, why did you pick this movie? I picked this movie this because... This will the- be taken... This will affect your sentencing. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like Listen, to make a, a sentencing statement? <laughs> don't make it personal. This is what happens when you watch every horror movie on Netflix, Chris, mm-hmm. as you should well know. Um, two weeks ago when it was time, or however long ago it was, when it was time to pick a movie, I looked at the selection on Netflix, and one, there were fewer horror movies. I don't know what it looks like today, but there were fewer horror movies than I'd seen in that queue in a very, very long time. Many of them we've already seen. Some of them I don't think really qualify as horror movies, a challenge we've run up against before. It was like the only thing that seemed even remotely appropriate to choose. Was I happy about that? No, I've heard this movie is terrible. I was hoping maybe it would lean into a so bad it's good kind of experience. And we'll get into whether or not that was the case for any of us. But yeah, it was pure desperation is, is the short answer to why I chose this film. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, well, you forgive well, me? Are my sins yes. absolved? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, let me let me set it up a little bit here. Uh, the Open House, it's a 2018 film starring Dylan Minnette of 13 Reasons Why fame, which we talked about at the end of the last episode. Um, came out right in the peak of 
of 13 Reasons Why's popularity. Mm -hmm. Uh, So really kind of cashing on that. Very small cast. It's about Dylan Minnette is a teenager and his dad is killed in a sort of a random accident. And Mm -hmm. he and his mother uh, don't have a lot of money and they, they need to move. And basically they move into their, the mom's sister's, uh, she's got a house on the market. Yeah, I'm just trying to explain the relationship. It's it's Dylan's aunt, yeah. Dylan Minette. His name is Logan, but 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 13 reasons why Cole will call him. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Cole's aunt, uh, his mom's sister, and she has got this big vacant house in like the Pacific Northwest or something or Northern California. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, all right, we're just gonna move in there and get back on our feet for a bit. And no sooner do they arrive, uh, things are kind of weird off the bat. But the house is up for sale. And so they have to like leave the house on a couple occasions for an open house for strangers to come into the house. And mm-hmm. I guess the premise of the movie is like, isn't that weird that you have to let strangers into your house when you sell your house? <laughs> you know, let me read let me read to you a direct quote from the film because this movie is so fucking dumb and has so <laughs> little faith in its I'm just gonna come right out and say it out the gate. <laughs> has so little faith in its audience that it spells out any hint of subtext that might exist in here. I know what line you're talking about. The line where Cole, like, he's like, have you noticed that this is the premise of the movie? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, shit. I can't find it. I had it pulled up. But yeah, he basically comes out pretty long into the film, a good, good amount into the film, and says to his mom, like, wow, isn't it weird? The concept of an open house, giving people a key to your house, and you leave, and they go in, and they can do whatever they want, and who's to stop them from making a copy of the key and coming back and tormenting you? While this is this has been happening to them, it is mm-hmm. obvious to anyone watching, as it should be to them, that this is happening. Absurd. It's like, it's like you're watching Jaws, and Roy Scheider <laughs> is like... Isn't it weird that you go swimming and you can't see what's under the water and yeah, something right. down there could bite you? <laughs> Isn't that kind of existentially terrifying that we've conquered the land but not the ocean? <laughs> uh, yep, that, that was the log line that got me interested in seeing the film. You don't have to spill it back to me. Yeah, I feel, uh, you know, and, and I'm glad you reminded me that this is the second real estate movie that we'll have talked about. And I'll bring the, the token realtor wisdom Mm-hmm. with me. But, you know, there were a few times in that movie that I was like, ooh, I get to think about a job that I've had before and, like, how it relates. And it's a good point, you know? Like, open houses can be creepy when when you look at it through that lens because you are opening your house up. People could hide. The odds of that happening are so, so, so small. Um, and then you're not giving a copy of the key to just anybody. It's going to your realtor. It's put in a lockbox. They were like, we'll leave it under the mat. I'm like, no one does that. <laughs> But I think, you know, that setup alone has potential, right? You know, like there's a, what's that movie? There's a stranger in your house. Remember that old movie from the, like the 80s or 90s? Oh, When a Stranger Calls? When a Stranger Calls and he's like painted onto the wall. That scene terrified me when I was a teenager. You know, there's there's a cool, you could do a lot with that concept of having an open house and, and somebody stay, staying behind and, you know, terrorizing you throughout the night or through whatever. Um, but it just was executed so so poorly. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, there's an episode of Millennium, the TV series I sometimes <laughs> talk about that was sort of like an X Files spinoff, but not really. The show was Millennium, and there was an episode called Wide Open that was about a serial killer who would go to open houses and hide in the closet, and then like torture and kill the family when they got home. And it scared the shit out of me. This was yeah. on TV in like 1996, 1997, something like that. And I just remember there's this one scene where like, cause he would like take video of the murders or something. And there's a, there's a scene where uh, Lance Henriksen's character, who's the lead in millennium is watching the TV. And you, you, all you see is the back of the TV and you just hear screaming and you see mm-hmm. Lance Henriksen's disturbed face and like skin of a rink i imagine the worst <laughs> shit possible and uh it's i mean i haven't seen that in 15 years but it, it, it stays with me so yeah there is good you can do something with this concept but they didn't they didn't do anything at all frankly <laughs> <laughs> they did a lot of red herrings like a lot of them <sighs> I, I just called it red herring the movie when i was yeah. first introducing it i mean that that really is uh <laughs> The bulk of it is is wondering who the killer is, and there's so many 
I mean, if you even care at that point, because there's barely a, a three-dimensional character to hang your hat on in this thing. Yeah, I think there was a lot of opportunity there, and it was missed. And, and you know, like, I think going back to all the red herrings, which every review that I read was just basically like, how dumb do you think the audience is? Like, again, it, it felt like really lazy filmmaking. It felt like really, really lazy writing that, I don't know, I think it, if it just was in different hands... It could have been really good. You know, even the acting was okay, you know? Yeah. It was just the writing was total trash. I just, it's, uh, listen, I got to tip my hand here. This is the worst horror movie I have seen in my life. <laughs> That's what I say. You Feel free to disagree. But, I mean, I've watched a lot of bad horror movies. All of them had something in them that interested me. This movie is the most uninteresting movie I've ever seen in my life. I always complain about the scenes where it's like, oh, someone's going to walk through a dark room real slow and there's going to be like, you know, he reaches out and touches the doorknob and, you know, mm-hmm. he, he has the flashlight. That's the half of this movie, at least. And then yeah. the other half is just like people walking around, having dialogue scenes that have no purpose, no point. And it starts off with this because it starts off with Cole and his dad going to the the convenience store and the dialogue in that scene. Maybe we should play a clip of it because it's like, hey, you all right? Yeah, I'm going to go in the store. You want to come? <laughs> nah. OK, I'm going to go. Oh, and then the red herring started immediately. Her, the mom was like, don't forget to get milk. And then Dylan, Manette's character, was like, could you get me something? And then it's like, pan to the milk. He forgot the milk. You're like, yeah. that's going to be important. Oh, he forgot to get his son a snack. That's going to be important. And it fucking wasn't important at all. <laughs> he he says, hey, could you get me something? Ten, five seconds after <laughs> he says he doesn't want anything. And then he doesn't say what he wants. He just says, get me something. And and here's another thing, like the character development for the dad, there just wasn't enough. There was one scene with him and then we didn't like, we saw him for 10 seconds as this endearing, like included father that was throwing the ball or t- t- timing his son's race, whatever. Yeah. And then having a heated argument in the kitchen with the mom about something that you thought that's going to come back, that's going to be important. And it wasn't. And well, they are dies. arguing about, I will say they are arguing about. Um, their finances. Yeah. You see all the all the past due bills laid out on the table. So, like, it, it did set that up, like, that, you know, it, it, so that it makes sense that when the dad dies, they are even more fucked than they were before, and they have to go to this desperate situation of staying in the open house. Yeah. But I agree with you. The dad is in the movie for, I would, probably five minutes total. Five minutes, yeah. And even in the scene in the kitchen, I realize that it sets up their, like, financial distress to come later. But they're talking about someone specifically where she's like, you better let him know this is the last time. And in my head, I was oh. like, okay, this character is going to come back. So for a, for a while there, I was like, okay, whoever they're having money problems with is going to end up being the killer. And he wasn't. Spoiler alert. Well, no I don't know was. who the killer was, but we'll <laughs> yeah. get into that. <laughs> well, yeah, there's, yeah. Well, there's a killer in the open house, but then there's also, you know, dad gets, like, hit by a car and it we don't know anything about that, which I mean, that's fine, but it's like another thing that's sort of like, seems like it's left hanging that -hmm. it might be important later because we'd learn so little about the circumstances of the death or who was behind the car. It could have been a murderer for all we know. It could have been a murder. (laughs) It could have been, he could have, he could have paid to have someone take a hit out on himself. So he didn't have to deal with the financial situation anymore. We'll never know. We'll We'll never never know. know. (laughs) Would have been a more interesting movie, though. Much like Skin of a Rink, this leaves you to write your own story around <laughs> yeah. the, the very nebulous images and storylines it presents. I have to tell you, I, I read a really, really, really funny review um, on this movie, and it was a Forbes review. And he just here's the headline really quickly. Open house is what happens when Netflix give, gives up any semblance of quality control. Yeah. You have to wonder if anyone in the film or even anyone at Netflix, like even read the script for this so i I had a theory and i was a lot more cynical about this movie after i saw it and then i read an interview with the writers directors and mellowed out a little bit but when i watched this movie i was like this is netflix just this is just the most cynical uh movie as content i've ever seen in my life they said we have uh, Dylan Minnette's name signed in our black book from 13 Reasons Why. 
he has to like do some other project with us. Let's find the like cheapest horror script that nobody wants and the cheapest, you know, and let's just like make a make a horror movie with Dylan Minnette and we'll put it up as a Netflix original movie. That's not what happened. What happened is the writers directors somehow had an in with Dylan Minnette and were trying to start their careers. And so they said, let's show the script to Dylan Minnette. And for some reason, he said, this looks like a great script and <laughs> did the movie. And then once they had him attached, they went to Netflix and said, hey, remember that kid who's in 13 Reasons Why, who's like driving all your uh, viewership right now? We have him hostage uh, by our <laughs> by our movie, and they did. So I, I kind of respect it as as these two people uh, clawing their way into the industry. I guess um, that on. that is, I feel equally cynical about that as the 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 theory that you had about how this came about. I mean, what, I, was it the writer or the director that said they don't even like horror movies? <laughs> well, <laughs> they were just, but they know that they sell. They're both writer and director. Um, okay. and one of them d- doesn't like horror movies, and the other one says he does like horror movies, but the way he talked about them makes it sound like this was a cynical, yeah, horror movies are, are big now, right? That's how you get return on your investment. That's how you break in. I'm going to make a horror movie. <laughs> um, and you know what? That's, that's no something a lot of people do. <laughs> like we, we raised that same complaint about uh, Umma. Like we thought that. Yeah, uh-huh. that I thought about that, that, that a lot during this. Yeah, like just people who don't, have any respect for the horror genre saying well how hard is it to make a horror movie you just have them walk around in the dark for an hour uh-huh you know show a you spooky know, ghost face or something somewhere in there and suddenly it's horror yeah it was yet another example of i could make a movie and it might do well like <laughs> both mm-hmm. these movies really boosted my confidence <laughs> really <laughs> so if nothing else i you. feel like a lot better about my gifts or potential gifts should i mm-hmm. act on them which I won't. <laughs> you should. Let's resolve to, to at least write a movie in 2023. Allison. Just at least. Yeah, yeah. At least write a movie. I'm down. But between, between the three of us, I think we could make something, well, at we, the very least, as good as this. No, we each oh, yeah. are writing our own project, but we're oh, encouraging okay. each other. Okay. Okay. I mean, I like Steven's idea. I don't want to do it alone. I'll collab with you. All okay. right. We got this. Okay. Great. Steven X. Allison. Yep. <sighs> 2023 collection so here's here's a segment of this review i'm actually somewhat angry at netflix for wasting my time with this trash and pretending like this movie was anything else besides trash sky didn't hold back and that's how i felt too it was like do better do better i think this movie also fooled a lot of people um because so i'm thinking back to this is 2018 By that point, Netflix had put out some pretty damn good original horror content. We had um, 1922, the Stephen King adaptation. We had, you know, Flanagan's early films. Um, Gerald's Game had come out by then. I think The Ritual, maybe, which I quite liked. You know, they were really kind of establishing themselves very briefly over a couple years as, like, the place to go for original horror content that you can stream at home day and date and this was marketed i think just as as much there was as much of a push behind this movie i distinctly remember it coming out and then immediately uh the backlash um because it just didn't even remotely live up to the standards that netflix had set for themselves the netflix logo used to be a mark of quality Mm -hmm. i thought Maybe I was naive. Maybe it never was. But whenever a Netflix original got my attention, I was like, I know that's going to be up to a certain standard. This is it's like the new HBO. And now I see the Netflix original and I, 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 I would rather watch a Shutter original. Mm. <laughs> that's saying something. Even as dicey as those can be. Yeah, I know. They put out a movie every fucking week, it seems yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I still think Netflix has a, a quality that a standard that I appreciate. I think that that's why this felt really disappointing. And I think that this felt like t- movies like this give horror movies a bad name, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like people that are like, oh, I'm not really into horror, but this it's got this star in it. And he's really topical right now and whatever, whatever. I'm going to watch this movie and then be like, see, horror movies are stupid. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this horror movie was stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm forever fighting, um, advocating for the horror genre, but man... There's just a lot of disappointing shit out there. 
I want to give uh, some kudos, though. I want to be a little bit positive about Piercy Dalton, who plays Naomi, the uh-huh. mother. Uh, because I thought that she, she's like a nobody actress. She has like three credits in her life or something. And I thought she did a very good job in this movie. There's all a couple. There's only a couple scenes where they really act. Um, but, you know, they're fine. And um, I'm glad that she got that for her reel. Like her doing a good performance opposite mm-hmm. Dylan Minnette. That maybe she can do something else with. Um, but she was she was very good. Um gratuitous ass shot i will say mm-hmm. i wrote that down i'm like what is going on because this is uh, i mean the camera's inside the bathroom but this is ostensibly from the point of view of of cole as yeah. you want to call him you know it's like we're supposed to be anxious about him seeing his mom naked you know and he like accidentally comes into the bath and i'm like why why this why in- why introduce this odd kind of psychosexual concept into this film that also is never really played out Never played out. There was some side boob, too. There were two shower scenes. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. there were a lot of shower scenes. And I, I kind of felt bad for this woman. It kind of felt exploitative. And, 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 I mean, listen, we've seen gratuitous ass shots in films. And, and you know, male gaze. Uh, what's that one? Um, The one where they went to the broken down, the broken down uh, uh, jail? Bleed. <laughs> oh, uh, Batid, yeah, <laughs> Batid, bleed. There was a there was a very gratuitous ass shot in that, but at least it was like it was like very much male gaze. Like check out this ass, the way they shot it. Here she's just standing there like Dennis Franz and NYPD Blue. Like it's just out, and I'm like, why did this have to be out in this moment? What was the intention? It was another right any intention because if you're these people don't know anything about horror movies and they think, okay, well they're just checking boxes. They're like, well we gotta have a little little TNA in here, right? That's yep. what people come for. Yep. I thought she was a great actress too, and Dylan Minnette did great too. That's what I'm saying. That the, the mm-hmm. acting was there. Okay, um, I, well, if we're talking about perf- the performances, though, I do want to highlight one scene that, to me, felt like a direct ripoff of Hereditary. The scene where they're at each other's throats about how, like, he wishes she had died instead. That was also, like, again, felt like checking a box. Oh, Hereditary did that. We got to have a conflict between the mother and son, and they have to say some really fucking dark shit to each other. <laughs> and then they just pretend that it never happened afterwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's no there's no subtext like no <laughs> like I you I yeah I he's like I w- I wish you died instead like that's that's interesting but maybe you don't have to say it maybe uh-huh. you can show it <laughs> yeah and know. she really hadn't done anything to like deserve that like no like, she was she was she's like being hey a I- good mom she's doing her best you're 18 it's not like you're 14 you know what I mean right. All right. All yeah. she's doing is saying, "Hey, we're gonna go to this beautiful countryside for a few months, and I'm gonna be suspicious of you because the water keeps going out in the shower." Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot Which, of gaslighting happening there. Uh, a, uh, <laughs> a lot of gaslighting. <laughs> and you know, it was sort of refreshing that the male character was getting gaslit for once, because it's always formulaically that the female character, typically the mm-hmm. wife, the husband's like, "You're crazy. None of that's happening." And then it's too late by the time he realizes, and everyone dies or whatever. But you're making a pun, though, about the water heater, right? Oh, shit. I wasn't. <laughs> I thought you knew exactly what you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I'm um, Yeah. Yeah, all these things where she has to go down and, and, and try to relight the water heater with the match in right. the basement. Yeah. Just, oh, my God. Listen. And it's like, that house was beautiful. How old was that? First of all. I texted yeah, Chris about that estate. moment specifically. I'm like, it's. 2018 in this gorgeous modern home and they're literally light it stressed me out i was waiting for like a ball of flame to shoot out and burn mm. his eyebrows off or something yeah. what, what kind of fucking overhead lights fixed that's a simple f- i'm like <laughs> change the light bulb <laughs> especially if this there. house is on the market presumably people are going to check out the water Basement. heater. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. kind of uh what kind of offer would you put in on this house allison how much is too much for this house i was trying to do just quick real estate math and it, the location being unclear i was like is that in like lake tahoe where is that you know it's clearly in the mountains that's like a five million dollar house five million dollars depending on the location but if that's in northern california and any sort of mountain of note yeah. But there's no one, there's, I mean, it's not like, it seems like no one goes to that town. So it can't be Lake Tahoe because everyone at the corner store is like, ah, we, we haven't seen a fresh face in years. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Three million? Yeah, oh my God. The cashier at the store, I want to talk about him. He was so horny. He had a line where he said something like, 
like about how he's like, yeah, every, everybody looks, you know, rough and tumble down here. And I'm talking about the women. And he's like so excited <laughs> for this like fresh prospect. Is he here's my question, because he seems to be interested in buying the house at one point. Did he own that store or was he just a cashier? Because I think I, even I if he the owned thought. the store, there's no way he would be considering a purchase on this thing. I was no like, how is your retail budget going to afford this house? It's got like eight bedrooms and he's a single man. Yeah. But then again, that's just setting up another red herring, I guess. I Maybe yeah. we're supposed to question his motives. Which Did turns any- out we're pure. Right. They, they were pure. The same with the kooky, kooky neighbor. Like, I just really wanted it to be somebody, you know? The kooky neighbor was totally the Ann Dowd character from Hereditary, too. Completely. It should have just been Ann Dowd. And I think this is like the third time she's come up on the show in the last three months. (laughs) It's absurd. It's absurd that this movie, and and yeah, this isn't even spoil. I mean, there's very little you can spoil about this movie. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll go to the spoiler room eventually. But um, like, it's absurd to me that like you have this house where like we see a ghost. Like, we see a face over the the shoulder when they're lighting the water heater, and then it's gone a split second later, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a fucking ghost. And the next-door yeah. neighbor is like, oh, my husband's dead. Oh, no, my husband's alive. <laughs> oh, my husband's actually dead. And... That's not what's going... It has no relationship to what's in the going town, on. In the never town's- explained. The townspeople or the other people who interact with Dylan and Naomi, they also have, like, differing thoughts about what is happening with the husband, too, right? Like, I feel like one of them says, oh, yeah, he's dead. She just has Alzheimer's. And another one is like, is that, I mean, is that a spoiler? I guess it's a spoiler. No, that's not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. Don't Don't watch this. Don't watch this movie, (laughs) guys. But it's just, it's intentionally misleading for no reason. And like, that is where I started to get real pissed off because yeah. the movie is just dragging out its already short runtime with obnoxious misinformation and red herrings that don't make any sense and don't end up leading up to anything important. Yeah. And I think that there were so many moments where this movie could have redeemed itself had any of the red herrings played out. Maybe one of the less obvious ones you know there was a there was a moment where i thought the neighbor was a ghost you know i'm like is there a paranormal element happening here has anyone else seen her besides them you know has Mm -hmm. and then i'm like no one else has seen her so maybe she's not alive it just none of it panned out and there were so many opportunities it's like even if they wrote 75 percent of the movie and then handed the script to someone and said finish this it would have been better or if she has Alzheimer's, make her a little bit dangerous. You know, mm. she just randomly shows up in the middle of the night with a knife and has no idea what she's doing or something. She did have she that did one moment. That. She, she did literally did out. that, didn't she? Did she? I don't think she had a weapon. Didn't she though. show she, up at the house at night? She didn't have a weapon. She was like uh. ominous, but not dangerous. I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Ominous just and sort of like She wasn't really a threat, but it was, yeah, I, maybe that's the difference between ominous and dangerous. She didn't seem like actively like a like she was threatening, but her behavior was alarming and confusing. Yeah. That's not scary. I'm just no, imagining an alternate universe where Michael Jackson made an album called Ominous. <laughs> <laughs> Would wow. listen. Um. Yeah, but you know, and it just does the horror this horror movie thing where yeah, there's weird stuff happening from time to time, but like there's no the characters aren't really doing anything when they're not responding to being haunted. They're they're moping around, they're going into town, they're having mm-hmm. breakfast, but like there's nothing that nothing no reason to care about what they're doing. It's yeah. like you might as well just kill them because who are these people? They're just like losing shit and waiting for the next thing to happen in the basement. They're just so not interesting. Like Dylan's entire personality is that he can run and he wears contacts sometimes. And he's a little mopey. Chekhov's contacts. That's it. Chekhov's contacts. Have either of you. Okay. So I've worn contacts in the past. Chris, I've worn contacts. You, you have not regularly, but but I've Allison, worn them quite a I wear them every day. I'm I'm basically blind. Day. Yeah, I'm my eyesight is terrible, so I could relate to that aspect of the film. That was very stirring for me. <laughs> I I think for a, for a lot of people, yeah, it might be. Um, 
it wasn't for me, but it did make me, make me think that, huh, early on in the movie when I had no idea how much of a train wreck this was going to be, I was like, well, that's interesting that that's like the second shot of the movie is him pulling the contacts out of his eyes, which I distinctly remember. I still have nightmares regularly. I haven't worn contacts in over 10 years. I have nightmares where it's like day 45 of like a 30-day pair of contacts, and I haven't taken them out at all, not even to sleep, and I don't have a backup pair, and I can't find my glasses, and my eyes are just, like, crusting over to the point that I can barely open them. Oh, my contacts God. Contacts to wear contacts guys. for 30 days straight. Steven. No, but I'm saying in the nightmare. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, got it. And they do it. make monthlies that you take out every night, but in the nightmare that I still have after a decade... Contacts are still kind of scary to me. So I thought, huh, interesting. I wonder what this movie's going to do with that. I wonder if it will appeal yeah. to my innate fear. Nope. We'll it tell did you to what me. they it did. It did to me. It did we'll to tell me. you in the spoiler room how yeah. that pays off. And it is maybe the dumbest thing I've ever seen on screen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll give them credit for at least for once set up and payoff. They they did right. it. Sure. Technically, <laughs> technically sure. they did it. <laughs> they did it. They checked the box. I, it was interesting because you see the, the contacts so much, but he also has a normal pair of glasses that he wears about yeah. half the time. Mm-hmm. And there is the part where like his glasses go missing. And I'm like, oh, is he going to be blind like for the whole movie now? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that had no consequence. I guess that was to give him to wear his contacts again so that they could pay that off at the end. Which is so you know, convoluted. <laughs> he, he only wears contacts when it's convenient for the, for the plot. Yeah. Like, just have him wear fucking glasses. Because then what happens to him would make a lot more sense at the yeah. end. And not because, be stupid. Yes, because if he loses his glasses, he doesn't have a backup. If he loses yeah. his glasses, he can just put his contacts. It's so fucking <laughs> dumb. Oh, my God. You know, I do like, so that was one part of the movie that I was like, ooh, hard relate. I've always joked that if, like, someone comes in my house to, like, burgle me and they just take my glasses away, I would would be like, take whatever you want. I am completely (laughs) defenseless. Like, Mm -hmm. I can hardly get around in my house without contacts. If I take my glasses off, you could be Naomi from this movie, Allison, right now. Yeah. Um, You could be I have no idea. You look like a fucking stranger without your glasses. (laughs) So I get that. And I think it was kind of cool to highlight his vulnerability. And I think those of us with bad eyesight feel like, you know, we've we've lost one of our senses, not all mm-hmm. the way, obviously, but it puts us in a really vulnerable position. It's like one of my biggest fears is I'm on the run from somebody or something and I can't see because I don't have my contacts or my glasses. So that to me was like a real fear. Maybe one of the only things they did well in terms of like evoking uh, like a relatable feeling from the viewer, but... Yeah, we'll talk more about that when we so review. When I, when I say this movie feels like it was written by an AI, this is what I'm talking about. Because it's like, oh, a character needs a weakness mm. or a vulnerability. And they're like, well, he, has to, he wears contacts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and that weakness or vulnerability, you know, should should come into come into play in the in the final act of the movie. And it's like, oh, well, we're gonna have this thing happen. Yeah, uh, the guys, yeah, any character's weaknesses or vulnerabilities in this are not they're not tied to their their inner character in any way, which I find. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting. It really does well, feel they like they don't have character. Yeah, they, they don't, don't have, have character. character. It's That's what right. I'm saying. They would if they had weaknesses or vulnerabilities that were like a little more interesting and not just entirely superficial. I've read enough shitty stuff produced by these damn AI programs lately because everyone thinks they're fucking cool and profound and they're all, they're not. They're all horrible. And <laughs> I just I feel like I just recognize the style. I don't know. I want proof. That fucking Suzanne Coot and Matt Angel exist. <laughs> We're calling them out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Those are, that's the Reveal right yourselves. <laughs> Reveal yourselves. I need to know that they exist. And listen, you know, again, like I, the worst movie I've ever seen, I can only have so much malice towards an individual creator or something. Like, you know, good for them. They made a movie. We're here talking about, oh, this makes us feel like we could make a movie. But, like... You know, they got it done. I'll give them some credit. But um, they said in an interview, they've been getting death threats over this movie. Oh <laughs> I <God>. believe it. <laughs> like death threats because people feel like their time was wasted? Mm-hmm. Yeah. and, they, and oh, or, they, or they didn't like the ending or, you know, et cetera. Well, Maybe it was just, uh, well, we could talk about it in the spoiler room why they might be getting death threats. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's, 
I don't wish them dead. I don't wish any harm on them. No. But please don't do this again. I've also seen, I've seen worse horror movies for sure. This just felt very formulaic. It felt very lazy. I, I too could see if it was written by AI. I had that thought at the end. I was like, who wrote, what, what wrote this? (laughs) What? Not who, what? (laughs) Yeah. What wrote this? I watch a lot of, um, they're typically put out by vinegar syndrome, <laughs> but I watch a lot of like kind of lost straight to video, like regional horror movies that have like recently been restored and put out on Blu-ray. And like each one of those at least has like a little bit of charm to it in the grit. You know, there's a little something there's like a, there's like a, you know, an actor who has two scenes who's like from another you know, basically acting like they're from another planet, a completely different movie from this. There's some interest to keep you going. This had absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Completely charmless. So would you view it, cue it, or screw it, Hard, Steven? screw it. Screw it hard, yeah. I would also screw it. And and that's the thing. It's not so bad, it's good. Like, mm-hmm. like people are going to hear this review and think, oh, I need to see this train wreck. no. no. It's formless. It's featureless. Yeah. It's it, there's it's not a waste a, of time. <laughs> you can't laugh at it. It's yeah. just a waste of time. It just and that's the reason I say it's the worst I've ever seen because every other horrible movie I've seen has something that turns the dial where I'm like this is laughably bad or like like another horrible movie which I know has its fans and they'll probably send the send me death threats. Um, <laughs> Mother's Day. I hate Mother's Day. Oh, I like. I haven't Mother's seen Day. that. You like Mother's Day, but it has it has the one scene where like they're dangling out the window, and I'm mm-hmm. like, that's a good scene. I'll yeah. give them that. I can I can hook onto that. Would you nothing. guys view it, cue it, or screw it to Skinnerink? Oh, screw it. Yeah, same. View it. I'd give it a view it. View it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wow. not not to. I wouldn't say view it. I wouldn't say everybody should view it, but I I think at least for the sake of understanding the the cultural phenomenon, people should watch it. Huh. Interesting. Well, gosh, I feel like we wind up in a lot of spoiler basements lately. Do we have any any better better ideas for for a setting? A spoiler shower, maybe. Spoiler shower. <laughs> <laughs> there are some kind of like weird catacombs down there too. Maybe spoiler catacombs. I don't know. We're going somewhere in this house. But before we go down into that spoiler shower in the catacombs, uh, we would like to encourage you to check us out online. We are at Amoncast, E-H-M-O-N cast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we have a website, everyhorrormovieonnetflix.com. You can go there. You can send us an email. You can see a list of some of the movies we've reviewed so far. And you can also join us on Discord. We have a very lively Discord community. We like talking to fans on there. Steven has a book club on there uh lots of good bonus content to be found on our discord the link to that is in the show notes all right well down to the spoiler shower water heater situation we'll see you in a minute and we're back we're in the spoiler shower, ready to spoil everything. Your butts are looking good, guys, I have to I'm say. I'm washing cool. every crevice. Thank you. <laughs> I've been working out. <laughs> so the thing about this movie is we've got all these red herrings that we've, you know, discussed in typical haphazard fashion as we've tried to puzzle this whole thing together. And it turns out they're just that. They're red herrings, and there are a shitload of them. In the end, there is a killer. We have no idea who or what he is. I even considered at one point that he might be the ghost of the father. Mm-hmm. I thought that too. Uh, it's it's just a it's just a guy, and you know what? I would call it, maybe he's an audience surrogate. <laughs> <laughs> like we all just want a guy to show up and end the movie, and then he does. Did you guys think it was the HVAC guy? Because I did for a while. No, you're definitely meant to think that he's a possibility. Yeah, because of the boots and the pants or whatever. He's mm-hmm. a bigger guy. See, here's the thing. I Listen, I'm not an optimist, but I think I generally have more faith in human beings than, than a lot of people do and more so than this movie does. Like, no, I'm not worried about someone hiding under my bed and murdering me if I have an open house. Like, 
these people, for the most part, people do the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. The HVAC guy isn't going to murder you. Yeah, but no one really had any motive. There was so his the chances of him murdering them were as good as well, anyone yeah. else. I mean, in this <laughs> in this movie, but like I was thinking specifically of like when when Cole does his soliloquy and he's like, "Isn't it weird that when you sell a house, you have to talk to a real estate agent?" I feel like these these writers directors are the people who like you know, they they order pizza on the app. Okay, they don't want to talk on the phone. They're afraid. <laughs> They're afraid of people. <laughs> You know, I'm like, no, that's not that scary to me that you have a real estate agent or that you show someone your house. Like, what are they going to do? I don't know. You know, I'm going to weigh in with the real estate perspective again. Being a realtor from that from the realtor perspective, especially being a female realtor, can be extremely dangerous. Yeah. And it's not something you really think about or know about or hear about until you do. And then you're like, holy shit, this is a real thing, you know, where... I know a lot of realtors that carry a weapon with them when they go to show houses because you just don't know. And there's a lot of documented cases of shit going really, really bad with a just a crazy person. Um, I feel and you like know, mostly people just want to show up for the free hors d'oeuvres, though, right? That's sure, like, like a like a normal of the time. quote unquote normal person. But again, I, I had a lot of faith in the storyline that there was something to, something to work with here. Um, and then another perspective is like when you close down an open house, you don't look under the beds and shit. So things could happen. Mm-hmm. But it you will just, now. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah. This movie. This movie was just so cautionary so, tales. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what? It so palpable. <laughs> it needed something that we've that we've seen with some regularity on Amon, which is an opening text crawl. Like every year, five thousand real estate agents <laughs> die because they didn't check under the bed before they closed down the house. Mm-hmm. Like this was really just a film put out by like the National Association of Realtors that you have to watch to get your continuing ad credits. <laughs> check the liability box and be like, okay, we've done our part. Um, this is this is something I thought you might uh, have. Uh, might have frustrated you, Allison. Uh, when they come to the open house, the agent is like, "All right, there's a paper there where you can like leave your number if you have any questions." <laughs> like that's not how you do it, right? That part didn't really bother me that much, you know. Oh. Like every realtor has its own their own style, you know. Take a business card, leave your information. No, that didn't bother me, Chris. Well, I thought I, I thought you want everyone to sign in just as a matter of course sure that's what yeah. i thought too yeah, yeah. you don't yeah. make it optional right these are these are all potential oh no leads. it's fully optional it's fully optional but everyone who comes in is a potential lead that's the way i would i mean i'm not licensed yeah. i've never taken that class but i would think you know what i might you might be here for the hors d'oeuvres but i could i could convince you no nope, that's not common practice believe huh. it or not not common practice nope mm, interesting wow. you don't want to harangue people because you don't want to compete with other realtors right so you're like not trying to earn that person's business you're potentially trying to sell them a house but you don't want to step on toes that's like an unspoken understanding so no that part didn't bother me as much as huh. um everything else about the movie <laughs> so there's a whole code as well. yeah, there's a code yeah for sure it's it's etiquette you know that's why when they're like, are you working with a realtor? You say, yes. And they're like, what's her name? And I'm like, she lives in another state. <laughs> she doesn't go to this school. <laughs> <laughs> so should we talk about some of the red herrings? Because there were a couple that really fucking ground my gears. Yeah, what ground your gears, Allison? What was the point of the broken step in the basement? <laughs> Because that did, really could have been something. Did no one ever wind up tripping on it? Never. Oh Never. <laughs> I, I wasn't even paying that close attention to it. That's hilarious. That That's why you put a broken step in the basement so that Correct. during the final chase, you know, yeah, he can run, but he forgot about the broken step. Okay. One no more. got stuck in it? That's crazy. Nobody got stuck. <laughs> and it was like the step was broken. He shone his flashlight down it. It was clearly like what's under the stairs. That's something. And then the mom, um, when she goes to relight the pilot, she just hops over it. He hops over it. And then the murderer, whoever they are, it might be, does. It's not like booby trapped. There's no, there's no conclusion there. There's no like firework there. Another thing for me was like I really thought 
something was going to be tied in with his running, right? Like his record. Yeah. I was thinking he's going to out, he's going to be in a final situation where he has to outrun somebody and he's going to beat his record. Like, just give oh, us that. Just give now, us that. Oh, yeah. I assume <laughs> now you're the thinking like thing. James Cameron. <laughs> well, <laughs> now you're thinking like somebody who like Thought is actually invested <laughs> in writing their story. <laughs> Uh, did you guys not have that thought like the oh yeah I did. times that's like really i said earlier i was like okay something's gonna happen with the context something's gonna happen with the running and i just thought that was way. character and, and I, I the running i i would rather have watched an hour and a half long movie with cole just like trying out for the olympics <laughs> just a totally different movie yeah <laughs> just make it a sports movie <laughs> like the rudy of horror movies yeah yeah <laughs> His dad is played by Adam Sandler, and he doesn't <laughs> die. <laughs> so what are the other red herrings you guys picked up on that never came to fruition? Oh, God. Um, I got to look at my notes. I, mean, the, I feel like the, I've mentioned the car, The truck that pulls up outside the house and puts on its high beams and honks at you at three in the morning? Mm-hmm. Like, is that the is that the M.O. of the killer? Does the killer do that? It doesn't seem like the guy who hides in the house during the open house would also be the guy who parks his truck in front of your house and puts on the high beams and honks the horn. But what right. do I know? I'm not a killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or is that oh, just a red herring? <laughs> and then and then the way that the, the killer leaves the knife for whomever finds the mom, but there's a knife there. It's like, okay, where are we going with that? Yeah, I mean, I guess should we describe in like yeah. a little more brief detail, like what actually so the killer, the killer finally, finally like reveals himself, sort of, and he's in bed with the mom. Mom wakes up in the middle of the night, doesn't notice there's someone in bed with her. This happened to a friend of mine actually, um, or someone broke into their second second floor apartment, and their partner. They were sleeping in bed with their partner. They woke up and thought, oh, my partner is a little closer to me than usual. It turns out somebody had broken in and got in bed in between them. What? She woke up screaming. The guy ran. It took her forever to wake her partner up because he's a deep, deep sleeper. He got up, didn't believe that any of this had happened, thought it was Classic. like... Yeah, of course, right? <laughs> well, they, they go they go all throughout the apartment. It was a fairly large apartment. I'd been there before. Um, looking for details in the middle of the night. They don't find any evidence that anybody's broken in until they're about to go back to bed and they see a hoodie on the ground that doesn't belong to either of them. They did better finally movie. catch the guy, too. They did finally <laughs> better, catch the better guy. Better movie. Better movie, yeah. Um, but Can I thought we buy of her, their story? Thought of her doing <laughs> yeah. the scene. So the killer tied... I'm going to cast, I'm gonna cast um, fucking <laughs> Hannah Brown. <laughs> What's her name? <laughs> so the killer yeah, ties up Naomi, breaks all name? of her Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hannah Baker. <laughs> That's what I said. I'm going to cast Hannah Baker for that movie. Catherine... She doesn't seem to be very busy, so. Catherine Langford. Langford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Steven, as you were. Killer brutally breaks all the mom's fingers very quickly, kind of leaves her, and also leaves the knife there, right? And then... It, I remember him breaking the fingers slowly. It seemed like it took like a minute for him to break all of her fingers, but I don't know. Maybe I was just... Maybe I maybe like, I bumped why, it up to one point five. Like, why is he doing this? Why is he why is he doing this? Why? Who is he? Why? He leaves the knife. Cole ends up inadvertently killing his mom with the knife. <laughs> oh, and the yeah. boyfriend well, got murdered out in the truck too. Of course he did. Yeah. The token like, black guy who he got was his like throat slit. I thought he was a ghost too. I'm like, he always wears the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Another red You're hair. very observant. But people have seen him in the store, so he can't be a ghost. He also can't afford this house. So, like, what's his angle? He likes the mom. Yeah. yeah. And then he turns out to be nice. Another red herring. Yeah. And, Dies and what, in their car. What do you get for being nice? You get your throat slit in your car when you're just trying the, to. Yeah. The finger breaking. The finger breaking just was like so weird to me. It's like the writers, the two writers slash directors. One of them was like, well, it's a horror movie. We should put torture in it. And then the other one was like, I don't want torture. And they, they met in the middle. <laughs> Just some light Do torture. Some light torture. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like whether well, he just breaks your finger off. 
Oh, yeah. But wait, I think when 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 does the contact scene happen? I think before he kills his mom because he can't see. Oh, and is right. that why? Oh, is that I why? Can't miss that. Yeah. Well, oh whatever. My fucking god. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The killer pulls his contacts out, and then he's blind because his glasses are gone at that point too. Right? He's finally lost. <laughs> Both his yeah, primary his and, and, and his backup method of, of uh, vision correction. <laughs> the killer gets the jump on Cole and Cole's like, oh, no, please don't kill me. Don't kill me. And and he, the killer like gets on top of Cole and with his large man hands reaches in and takes his contacts out one by one. Before, <laughs> one by one. There's only two. One one. <laughs> it's funny. But he, did you guys think he threw like gasoline on him? It was just water oh yeah yeah oh he tries to give him hypothermia <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was gas at first and i'm like i thought it was too and then he leaves him there like he didn't even finish the job <laughs> oh my God. We're, we're making this move we're making this sound like it's so bad it's good but it's, it's not, not so bad at the time. Bad. don't watch this movie do not watch this movie it's so bad it's bad <laughs> Oh, my God. So, yeah, he takes his contacts out, throws water on him, which we think is gas, which would have been cooler. Cole makes his way back into the house. Mom is in the basement. Yeah. Cole can't see. The, the mom tries to jump scare him, and he can't see, <laughs> so he stabs her in the gut with a knife. And what probably wouldn't be a fatal wound, except it is. Cause exactly. <laughs> I was like, that's not going to kill her, by the way. Uh, so yeah, Cole kills his mom. He wished her dead, and then he made it happen. And then you do anything you put your mind to. And then he can't outrun the killer, so he ends up getting killed by the killer. And then, then we find Which out is- that this this killer has an mo. He's the open house killer. He's the open house killer. Because we America's see him driving up to another open house in a country set a rural setting immediately afterward. I mean, I assume it's sometime yeah. later, but that's the next shot. But this next shot, it like takes place in Texas, so you know it's not going to go the same. This isn't soy boy Cole <laughs> and single mom in in the Pacific Northwest. This is gun packing, trailer trash. Oh, shit. <laughs> It's 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 the fucking Sawyer family. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, that's why that's why I was thinking of. I couldn't think of the PC name for the Sawyer family. So he can't outrun the killer, which is ridiculous Bullshit. because he's a runner. But he can't runner. run if he can't see. I guess is that a he thing? He can't run if he can't see. But let's not forget the scene where he like he like takes refuge by this big fallen log, mm-hmm. and then the kooky neighbor walks up inexplicably who's like on one of her weird meandering walks because she's not all the way there what i I was like okay (laughs) is she the killer is she gonna save him is he gonna look up and be like holy shit help me but he doesn't know yet that she's not a threat but none of the above happened none of it wait what did end up happening to her i don't remember she just walked along on her merry way she just walked away like oh guess that was a missed opportunity like joe bob at the end (laughs) of hogzilla I don't know. Oh what yeah, means, he was a but... force ghost, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets murdered by like a an embank uh, on an embankment, mm-hmm. and then I, they're dead. Sad. Good riddance, frankly. And I guess that's that might be why they got the death threats. They probably had Dylan Minnette stands, Zoomer stands, watching this, and then they saw Dylan Minnette get murdered and said, "There's something wrong with the people who made this. They need to. They, we're issuing a." Uh, a fatwa. <laughs> I was. <laughs> fatwa. I mean, his, the poster is his face. They sold this entire thing on him, so I'd believe it. Mm. Yeah. So I talked about my 14 year old daughter. You guys know her, um, yeah. but she's quickly becoming an avid horror movie lover. And and I told her last night that I was reviewing this movie, and she goes, "That movie sucked." <laughs> <laughs> we should have had her on the show. <laughs> Someday, someday. But uh, I'm can like, you bring her she, in just you know, to she, give us like a little 30 second capsule review. Right now? <laughs> I mean, I'm half joking, but it would be kind of funny. On the fly? I don't know. She's probably, she blows me off a lot. <laughs> Let's get Ella on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Ella, are you there? <laughs> My point is, you know, like she's developing her, her, um, her palette for horror movies, but even she, who likes this actor Dylan Minnette, she's of the Thirteen Reasons Why like generation. 
even she and I, 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 I'm sounding like I'm discounting her, her genius, which I'm not. But just if a 14 year old was like that movie fucking sucked. It sucked. It's well, what you're trying to say is if there's any demographic, sucked. if there's any demographic that this movie should appeal to, it's a 14-year-old Dylan Minnette fan who doesn't have a ton of experience with horror. Yep. Who's kind of easy to fool. <laughs> Naive. Uh-huh. Damn. Doesn't really know what's expected of, you know, good horror movies. Not good. Not good. That's the story of the day. Not good. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We. Um, I have tears in my eyes, guys from laughing so hard a few minutes ago it, it, I, I'm I'll, glad, I almost I'm want glad to bump it up to a cute fuck I'm that I'm kidding no that's my worst yeah. fear honestly my my ethical quandary with this is I think our fans are gonna watch this movie because we reviewed it and I don't want to be responsible for that <laughs> we should probably just delete this episode and, and, <laughs> Not really. This never happened. This is too dangerous. It's like it's like the incantation thing. <laughs> it's, it's reverse. It's reverse Buddha. We gotta wall it off. It would be irresponsible like we've, to air it. I agree with you. We've disclaimed a number of times. Don't watch this movie. We're but they're it. not gonna believe us because we're having fun. We're laughing. They're yeah. gonna laugh too. Yeah. It's not no. funny. This it's episode, not funny. <laughs> the episode of this podcast was so much more entertaining than the movie could ever deign to be. That's why I'm so. laughing so hard because it's like that slap happy where you're so exhausted with thinking about something that the more you talk about it, the less sense it makes and it becomes amusing. <laughs> That's what's happening. This is like big sleepover, you know, 1 a.m. energy right now. Yeah. But you're not yeah. going to have that if you watch the movie unless you are forced to record a podcast episode about it with your friends right so right well what are you guys watching next yeah what does the wheel have prepared for us the wheel is picking this week so we're gonna pull out that big cyber wheel we've got every horror movie on netflix loaded into it and it's gonna pick a random one for us all right giving it a spin and we are gonna watch the blue whale When the suicide rate among teenagers mysteriously rises, the police set up an investigation linking these incidents to a viral online challenge game. Hmm. They find out they all watched The Open House. (laughs) (laughs) Is Dylan Minnette also in this film? No, oh, this isn't the this is an Egyptian thriller. Oh, exciting. I don't have we watched yeah. the movie from Egypt yet? Uh, I think 122 was Egyptian, wasn't it? The hospital movie? Yeah, that was Egyptian as well. Okay. Well, I'm still excited. It's a little something different. Yeah. Yeah, the blue whale. Presumably Not it's made with pure intentions, unlike the open house. Well, listen, I'm not going to comment on their intentions. I'm just going yeah, to comment the movie on first. what they did. They do have another movie. Uh, I think it's on Netflix. So I actually am perversely curious to watch it and just kind of get a better feel for who these people are as filmmakers and if they deserve my, you know, uh, compassion. <laughs> well, that is that is an open question that I have. So they made their cynical cash grab. How did it fare? So let me know if you check that out. Because this kind of movie could get you just com- immediately blacklisted from Hollywood. <laughs> it's that bad. <laughs> Surprised they were allowed behind the camera again. Yeah, there was a lot of grifting going on. That doesn't feel fair to the rest of us aspiring filmmakers mm-hmm. who do very little writing about horror. <laughs> All right. Well, The Blue Whale, we'll see you in two weeks. Allison, thanks again so much for joining us. I hope to have you on again very soon for every horror movie on Netflix. I have been Steven. I've been Chris, and I apologize to, I shouldn't have said trailer trash to describe the, the <laughs> Texas uh, gun-toting residents, uh, beautiful people who happen to live in inexpensive homes and have a lot of guns to kill a killer with. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful people on said. all sides down there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me, you guys. It was fun. Can't wait to come back. All right. Night-night. <laughs>